Welcome to WPC Smash, your stop for wrestling and pop culture smashed together. I am Ian Wilson, this is Mike Moran, and we are going to immerse you into our world of pro wrestling, video games, and all the stuff that we think is just too sweet! Welcome to WPC Smash. This is episode 18. Episode 18. Our podcast is now of legal age here in America. Yes. That's, That's right. All right. That was weird. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. Cool, man. Three uh, for a curveball. Yeah, What's up? Absolutely. How good. you doing, Ian? Very good, my friend. How was your week? Good. Good. No complaints, you know? All right, man. I am Ian Wilson. This is Mike Morand, and we are going to do a preview of the Elimination Chamber and get a spotlight match of the week in there. Um, we do have a brain buster and, uh, you know, a little bit of pop culture news uh, as far as the toy fair and other stuff that we got going on in, um, in the toy world. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So basically, I mean, let's start with the elimination preview and we can take it from there because uh, there's not a ton to preview, to be totally right. honest. Um, right now we got five matches on the card and one of them was just set up on Raw. We'll start with that one, I guess. Uh, Apollo, Apollo, just Apollo. They dropped his last name. Yep. And um, him and Titus got the pin on Cesaro and Sheamus. Worldwide. That's right. So they're going to get the title match. Makes at, sense. Makes sense. You're paying the champs. Yeah. It'd be nice if they did match. it a month ago and then they talk crap to each other for three weeks first. Yeah. But totally, it is what it is. I get that they got to fill things out, and I'm fine with that. I am under the impression that Apollo and Titus are going to win these titles. I think that they're high on the uh, the Titus brand right now. Uh, his social media is super high right now. He, he's getting a lot of notable press, yeah. and there's no Good reason press, right? why they shouldn't capitalize on that. So and and get his name out there with their title. You know, if he's carrying that around, it's only going to make WWE look better. So even though I don't think that's the right move for business, I think it's the right move for business. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like the money side of business and. And all that the stuff. The PR side of it looking yeah, that, good. That's totally where I'm at. What do you think about that match? I'm the same. Uh, I really don't know which way the coin's going to flip, really. Yep. And either way, we're going to get out of it. I, I don't think it's really going to matter because whatever happens, we're just oh, pretty much going into WrestleMania. They're dropping a Matt Mania for sure. Someone like, is, Yeah, right. yeah, for, for sure. I think if Titus Worldwide wins those titles, they... Absolutely, oh, the fall guys. Yep, they absolutely get that. It was a fall down, man. <laughs> get demolished that mania, man. Um, so that's where I'm at as far as that goes. I think they they win the titles, they head into mania, and they lose. Um, any opinions where they would go with the if if Titus Worldwide are the champions going into WrestleMania? Who do you think their opponents are? If they win, I think it's going to be Raw once again. We'll have the mishmash jamble. 
tag team turmoil, whatever you want to call it. Some and kind of a goal. little bit of everyone's going to be up in there. 100% agree. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, I think that if that's the case, we get a total switch of what we talked about in the last podcast, and SmackDown gets the one-on-one tag match. Yep. And uh, it's Raw gets that schmaz. So hopefully it's like a gauntlet. And the reason I say that is because on Raw last night, we got like the greatest gauntlet of all time. Yes. In my opinion, um, bar none. Like, it's not even a question. I can't even think of another gauntlet that was like as awesome as that. It could have been the greatest Raw of all time, too. Like, I was saying to you the day before that they could really blow it or really blow me away. Uh, and they blew me away because. The first hour and a half of Raw was nothing but wrestling and nothing but top-notch, like pay-per-view caliber wrestling, yes. not house show wrestling, not normal. With the top guys. Yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, they blew me away with that stuff, and uh, the rest of Raw was good too, man. They stuck to the stories. They sh- they gave you you know the, the matches that you expect, the, the three-on-three tag match of all the women who are going to be in the chamber and stuff like that. You got... Titus Worldwide getting the pin to set up their tag match. Um, but there, it wasn't promo-oriented. I didn't feel like I saw Stephanie McMahon or Foley or whoever's Angle. in charge. Yeah, yep. you know what I mean? Like there was No backstage there was, shenanigans. There wasn't promos. I felt like they were hustling Elimination Chamber, but they didn't make me sick about it. Right, they were sneaking in during the gauntlet match, but they had to. I mean, the gauntlet match was like an hour and a half. It's this weekend. I totally get that they're going to talk about right. it. But, I mean, sometimes they'll make you sick. Like, dude, I'm going to watch five Elimination seconds. Chamber. Yes, like, right. come on. Brought like, to you by KFC. Yeah. KFC, you know KFC? Yeah. They're going to bring you Elimination Chamber. <laughs> it's really bad sometimes, but there was none of that. I, I thought it was great. Um, I couldn't put the remote down for the first hour and a half and normally you know especially on a three hour ride i've been thinking about this recently three hours is a long time to just sit straight up watch one show especially when smackdown is going to be the next night not that you can't just fast forward through smackdown these days anyway <laughs> because i was saying that earlier too i mean it's legitimately for me been like two months since smackdown's been good yep and if not longer than that Yep. Yeah, I mean, I compared it to watching TNA. It's tough to watch. Um, SmackDown doesn't entertain me. There's no good storylines. They're not doing the right things. And there's nobody to blame besides Road Dog. So, Road Dog, do something different, brother, because what you're doing ain't working. Your show reminds me of TNA, and I want to go, like, check my dishwasher and <laughs> flip my laundry when SmackDown's on. It's like background noise more than anything else, and that's not good. You know, I'm a yeah. wrestling fan, and... That's fine if TNA's that for me, you know, it's going on in the background, so I know what's going on, but SmackDown certainly shouldn't be that. You're the, yeah. number, you're the number two show, and I record all the shows, you know, Ring of Honor, New Japan, whatever we can get. We watched Hardcore Heaven this week, you know, uh, Hardcore Heaven. I got you. House of Hardcore this week. On Twitch, yep. Tommy Dreamer, shout out that you're doing free shows. That's great. I thought I was going to see a hardcore show, and there was a lot of shenanigans. That was totally weird for me. It was the first one I ever watched, and I'm not sure if that's always the way it is, but I felt like it was a lot of funny, funny ha-ha when I expected kendo sticks over the side of people's faces. I didn't get that at all. So that was weird for me. It was the first time I ever watched it, and the reason was because Tommy Dreamer pushed it so hard. It was like right there on you know, Twitter and Twitch and everywhere. Mm -hmm. Watch this for free. Great model. Um, I think uh, Billy Corgan buying the NWA, he's saying that he's on the same model that uh, House of Harper's doing, yeah. except it's not going to be a pay-per-view type show. It'll be more of a, a weekly live 
internet show type thing, but it's going to be free just to get eyes on it. You know, I watched it because it was free. Mm Mm-hmm. Was a little bit thrown off that it there was nothing too hardcore about it. I was fine with not right. recognizing people, but I felt like there was only a few people I didn't recognize. And, like, I kind of wanted to watch the show to not see the old time. Like, all right, clearly this is the dude who got, like, half price to get all his buddies to come in and wrestle. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'll give you half your book and, and it'll, right. we'll have a good time, you know. But I, I just wanted to – I thought I was going to see more hardcore, more um, – Something different. I loved how they went straight match, match, match. Right. And if you had asked me before I watched that Raw if that was possible on any other show besides, like, New Japan, I would say no. But clearly uh, WWE can do it, too. Well, here's the thing with that, too. That House of Hardcore was previously taped. I'm not sure if you knew that. It was in Australia. I figured that out when they, the guys were in the ring 30 seconds after the bell rang on the match before. But, yeah. Well, it was like... Like in November, I believe, oh, and it was in Australia. So I'm not sure what their rules and regulations are with the weapons and the hardcore and all that. Yeah. Um, and House of Hardcore is a weekly show on Wednesdays. Yeah. And a, when they film in Philly, in the ECW arena, it's hardcore. Okay. But it's mostly in Tommy Dreamer's matches. Okay. The, most of the other matches are just straight up. Like when Austin Aries is there, he's not putting people through tables no he's it's just he's cutting promos and he yeah all right for the most part i i just expected more i didn't know right. i thought this was like the tamer version of czw or something like yeah, that right, you know right. what i mean like i, expect, I mean it has hardcore in the name i get where you're coming from <laughs> totally and i just never watched it before um i did notice that it was pre-taped but i the way it was like set up on twitter and stuff i kind of felt like Maybe it was taped from like eight hours before because of Australia. It's the middle of the night there, right, or right. something weird. Like Sixteen that, you know hours, I, mean? I think. Yeah. Totally. You know, I figured it was just something like that. I'm a little surprised on that. Um, I'll definitely check it out again, just because uh, it's free show, and I want to support them. But I don't want to see Tommy Dreamer and Billy Gunn in the ring all the time. Even though that was my first time watching it, I just from being online, you know, those guys are in the ring together a lot, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't need. That could be the only match like that. Like you don't got to go get all the other old timers too. It could just be you too. Like that's cool. Like right. I just want to see some young kids uh, do some stuff I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Wrestling to me has gotten a little bit stale with just everybody doing the same thing all the time. And I just want to see something different. If I watched that show, I thought I was right, going to see right. something totally different. And I, it was cool, Kokamana. You know. Yeah. I liked his match, too. Spreading his cheeks, bent over the top rope. <laughs> like, dude. Yeah, funny, funny, ha-ha. A lot of it was funny, funny, ha-ha. The squad totally. match was funny, funny, ha-ha with Bull Dempsey in there, yeah. in the caveman. There was so one, I hear what you're saying. There was one thing that stuck out to me, and it was in the women's match. Uh, one of the girls' finishers, she did uh, like a cradle, small package pile driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looked really good. Super cool. That was the thing that stuck out to me uh, as far as that goes. And one of the girls was, like, really tall. She's the one who did it. And, uh, yeah, it was just a modified package pile driver. I always liked that move. It looked yep. super cool. And uh, she did it really well. That was what stuck out to me the most. Do you even That's remember cool. that? I do. And yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I'm sorry. I don't remember their names. But I think the two women in that match were local in Australia. Yeah, one of them was uh, the big family. They had mentioned, like, oh, she's uh, Eagles was their last name. And there was like, mm-hmm. two of them on the card. She was one, and then there was a guy. Oh, his cool. last name was Eagles, too. And they're the big family in yeah. Australia that kind of, like, runs the, the wrestling scene out there. And there's a bunch of that's them cool. and stuff like that. So that's cool. Shout out to Tommy Dreamer and all that stuff. Um, 
real quick, I, I mean, with the NWA and Billy Corgan starting up a new, I don't want to say a new company, but just revamping that name, it's going to be totally different, but the legs are going to be the same. Um, Galdis is going to be his champion or is yep. his champion. Yep, he is, yep. Magnus, I liked him in TNA. He was good. He swung the mic. That's yep. Mickey James's old, uh, her, uh, her main was, squeeze. Yeah, I was going to call him her old lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, that's cool. He's he's really good, man, and I think that was a good place to start. Yeah. And I think if Billy Corgan's paying attention to what people want, it's like edgy, independent, PWG type oh, wrestling. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's see that. Bring that to weekly TV so we can see it all the time because nobody gets to see PWG unless you watch, like, the clips on YouTube or you pay for their, you know, DVDs afterwards because right. that's basically how they put them out. But nobody gets and in the door. And they only do a very minimal shows yeah. a year. Nobody gets in the door there, you know what yep. I mean? So it's like you don't, you don't get to see that. So you could be the ones who goes out there and lets everybody see that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, even quickly going, I don't want to go way off, but I, we already did. So Lucha Underground, I hear everybody's leaving. You know, I read yep. this the other day that nobody wants to be under their Lucha Underground contracts anymore. And the reason is because other companies are doing things right now and people Mm -hmm. can make money. You know, they don't have to do a three-month TV series and not get paid the whole time because they signed a contract. I think Cage just left. I think he's an impact now. Yep. He's – and there was a bunch of other guys I heard too. Uh, So I'm definitely concerned with Lucha Underground and their model. For like right. trying to lock up wrestlers and mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, they they should quickly, quickly get away from that and do the show because the show is great. Yeah, and the if action you, is awesome. If you take it for what it is, like this is a TV show. This is like The Walking Dead or whatever you watch. Yep. You know, Breaking Bad. This one just includes a lot of wrestling. Glow, you know, which yep. is a cool show. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, take it for what it is, uh, but you can't try to lock people up. Yeah, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I'm going to get back just a little bit. Speaking of Nick Aldis in NWA, did you see who his recent uh, title defense was against? No. I'm going to guess Austin Aries. No. James Ellsworth. No way. Yes. Uh, I, I saw the headlines there. James Ellsworth got a title shot for the NWA world title. Oh, my so, God. So, good for him. I mean, yeah. in, in one year, he got WWE world title match and now an NWA world title match. He's probably making his run, a, you know, around the indies making for sure. some pretty good bookings oh for sure fresh off the wwe like that he's probably coming out still dressed like carmella and he's probably doing pretty well for who knows himself. yeah he's he's gonna be in lynn mass uh, sometime this spring i saw an advertisement for him so you're right he's making his rounds absolutely he's doing good good for him you know i would love to be him right now right. <laughs> you know what i mean rolling around being king of the indies and when you jump on these little shows you yep. know what i mean put They're some like, trunks on me i'm sure i look the same as him i got <laughs> tattoos yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. same thing, man. Absolutely. Cool. Dude, so um, jumping back to Elimination Chamber, the other two matches that we have, Broken Matt Hardy yes. and Bray Wyatt. Yes. yes. What do you think they'll do with that? Oh, man, I really don't know. They could do some crazy thing like they did at WrestleMania with a crazy light show, or they just scrap. And I think Bray should go over. Yeah. I think Bray is a star. Bray has a future, and Matt doesn't really have anything to prove because he's still just going to go out and do delete and delete, delete, and people are going to love it. So as far as where characters are going, I think Bray should go over. 
I think Bray should go over, but I do think it should be at WrestleMania and that this is the perfect opportunity for a schmoz finish. Right. Um, absolutely, in my opinion, there's no way either one of them should get beat and they should finish it at WrestleMania. You're not going to have anything better for either one of them. We know. We've been watching wrestling for a yeah. long time. So they should just stick with each other for two more months. Get that WrestleMania show where you can put a little extra money into their matches. Yeah, their entrances yeah. will probably be dope. And awesome. You know what I mean? Right. And those those two entrances are going to get pops. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think uh, keeping them together through WrestleMania and having Bray go over there uh, would be great. I think Bray goes over and you bring Matt Hardy back with some of his like independent-looking home video type stuff. And that's how he comes back maybe a okay. month later. Ooh. You make them both stars. Yep. In my opinion, they they could do like so that. much with two. They could, if Jeff, if and when Jen, Jeff starts to come back, if yep. he's doing the home video stuff, he can use whatever he calls it, the lake of reincarnation, and be like, we're, we're, we're bringing back Jeff. And yeah, and everybody who's so much. in those videos are still available. Like his wife, <laughs> his wife and his father-in-law are, are yeah. around. Like they'll be able to, they'll be able to make the trip. You yep. know, to, his to kid, these videos. King yeah. Maxwell. I think um, the best thing for them to do would be to have them wrestle for two more months, have Bray go over, and have Matt come back fully broken. And that's how he comes back with vignettes, straight vignettes for like, I don't even care how long. Three three months would be fine. And then you could set him up for something that like somewhere down the road, SummerSlam or not even with Bray, whoever, you know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. just straight vignettes until he finally attacks somebody, you know what I mean? And that would be, in my opinion, super dope. But... We'll see what happens. He could just destroy Bray and start to be this wrecking machine all of a sudden of the mid card. Yeah. Who knows? You could go anywhere with all this, and it's it's exciting. Yeah. As long as we don't have to watch Matt Hardy get off the mat too many times, we'll be all right. (laughs) He got it done. That spin on his knee. (laughs) Yeah. Asuka and Nia Jax. This one has some big implications for WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. If Asuka loses, Nia's in the three-way at WrestleMania. Right. In my opinion, I think that they're they're going to set up the three-way at WrestleMania. That gives the three biggest faces on Raw, in my opinion. And although a lot of the good women are on Raw, but it, mm-hmm. the biggest, you know, with the most upside and, and all that stuff, the way you've been building them. I think Nia has to win this match, but it could be by, like, disqualification or something weird. You know, not necessarily that she yeah. pins Asuka in the middle of the ring, but maybe Asuka's outside so beaten down. You know, she's under the the table because uh the announcer's table because naya flipped it over and she's the first woman to ever flip over an announce table something weird like that happens or it could be like a dq like you were saying where maybe oscar just snaps and she just starts kicking and kicking or punching and punching and the ref is counting the five in the corner and pulls her apart and dqs her because five count you know that's a good point that's a good point uh anything like that somebody comes out and does something alexa bliss comes out yeah and she accidentally you know, hits uh, the wrong person. The wrong person. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. totally. They, there's so much they can do with it, but I think it, it somehow it ends up in a three-way at WrestleMania. But they still don't know who Asuka has chosen. It's still available. She can still feel free to pick SmackDown champion or Raw champion. And they made that very clear on Monday Night Raw a few times. 
That's so. that's a good point that you say that because that would totally leave them open to throwing Oscar over on SmackDown, where mm-hmm. she could be the wrecking house over there with Charlotte and Nia can get it on with whoever Alexa Bliss or Sasha or one of those people, you know. Right, or say she does pick Charlotte. Now you got Oscar, and if um, <clears throat> Nia wins, yeah, they do their WrestleMania thing, but. If Nia doesn't win at WrestleMania, she's still on Raw, but then Asuka maybe will stay on SmackDown. It'll totally. be like a mini shakeup. They're not doing um, brand pay-per-views anymore. Right. So, and w- basically for the last three or four months, we've only been getting one pay-per-view a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, I mean. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I if, like seeing the whole roster. If you're going to co-brand it, I, I, would, I just want to see him do good storylines. So you need time to build in between those pay-per-views. So I'm totally fine with that. I want to see if that's the case. There's going to be one pay-per-view a month, and it's going to be co-branded. It should be a four-hour pay-per-view with a two-hour you know, preview. And right. the preview should have three or four matches on it. And that's where you're going to get in your, your understories, like not even your United States title matches. Those should be on the main card. Right. But the guys who are feuding to be the number one contender for the United States title, perfect right. spot for that. Right on the pre-show. There you, you know go, Mojo. Mean? Exactly. <laughs> there you yeah. go, Jinder. Yeah, beat down Mojo. Yeah, <laughs> I hope that's what happens. You know what I mean? Like that's the perfect spot for that. Um, number one contender type things, battle royals, your you know tag team turmoils to. Mm-hmm. You know, determine who gets the opportunity to wrestle for the. Not it doesn't even have to be to wrestle like be the number one contender. It could be to have a chance to be the number one contender. Right. There's so much you could do with just like people having reasons to be upset at each other, and I think that they could do great things with that. I think it's going to be good. I think they're on the right track. I just think the pre-shows are going to be like, ask Kevin Owens why he's mad at Shane McMahon. Brought uh, to you by KFC and Mountain Dew. Yeah, like that's <laughs> the last one was good, man. Mostly. So hopefully it's a little bit better, you know, and, the, and they stay going in that direction. And there's there's going to be less time for them to hustle all that stuff if they're trying to get more matches on the card. And they got to try if everybody's going to be involved. Yeah. You know what I mean? Only time will tell. That's true. Uh, elimination chamber matches. Want to lay out the participants? We'll start with the women's, I guess. I mean, straight up, Alexa Bliss is going to defend her title yep. in this match. So that's kind of the big deal, you know, which is different from the men's match. So I got Alexa Bliss walking out with that title. I you like, think so. Yeah. I think there's, I don't know who's going to walk out, but I don't think it's going to be Alexa. All right. Who else is going to be in it? it? And now, let's just say it's the first ever women's elimination chamber. We have Bailey. We have Mandy Rose, we have Mickey James, we have Sonya Deville, and Sasha Banks. Yeah. And I th- on a side note, as we were talking Titus Worldwide, Dana Brooke is lobbying to get in this match because she said if the men can have seven, so so shouldn't the women. Because she did, she crunched the numbers, if you will. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think so either. But I don't think Alexa Bliss is walking out as champion in this match. No? Nope. I don't know who I got, but it's not. It's not a it's one, bliss. It's one of the other six. It, it's just to set up WrestleMania. That's I mean, what the I'm only thinking. the only one who's believable right there right now is Sasha Banks. Bailey's been getting beat by everybody, and the other three people came up from NXT like last week. You know, like I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Unless yeah. you know so, none I mean? of the you're right. None of the NXT girls. None yeah. Of the absolution. No Mickey James. I'm thinking it's Mickey or Sasha. 
Mickey, really? You think they give her one last little hoorah? And then lose it at WrestleMania, do the final, passing the torch at WrestleMania, yeah. do the job. I think we I think this could be a situation where we get we end up with a you know, a, a five way you know, match at WrestleMania or something. They they Just gotta like get, they gotta year. they gotta squeeze everybody <laughs> in. But this could also set up some weird tag team thing where, you know, it's maybe it's Alexa retains but Sasha claims that she made her tap out on Raw last week, so they start getting into a little bit of a feud action. And then you can set up the two Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, the absolution two mm-hmm. against the baby faces of Mickey James and and uh Bailey and that ends up being like a preview. You yeah. know, like a preview match mm-hmm. at WrestleMania, and that that pretty much gets that whole roster on the card. There you go. <laughs> you know, what and I mean? that be that would be a perfect preview match. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, totally. That's fine. You got the two two biggest baby faces on that roster mm-hmm. against the young hot you know Absolution team that just came up, led by Paige. You know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. I think that's win win by everybody. And then we get Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks. Who don't really like each other and will probably lay into each other at WrestleMania and probably be an awesome match. Um, Someone will get hurt, brother. Yeah. So, I mean, just to clarify, I absolutely have Alexa Bliss maintain uh, retaining this title, and it's going to set up something with Sasha Banks. That's okay. that. I don't know. I just I got a feeling that's where it's going. And I got Sasha Banks. All right. With a with the the dark horse as Mickey James. Okay. Do you think Alexa, wild card? Do you think Sasha Banks beats Alexa at the end, or Alexa's not even there? Alexa's not even there. I think honestly, it'll probably be something like Sasha beats Mickey or Sasha beats Bailey. They were high on Sonya Deville when they let her beat Sasha Banks clean in the middle of the ring like three weeks ago, but she hasn't gotten any wins like that since then. But do you think uh, something like that maybe comes into play? No. I think that might have been like a punishment to Sasha. Oh, that was. I know they, I thought so too. They yeah. do stuff like that all the time. Like it stop, was quick. Stop too. doing suicide dives where you fall on your face. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're losing next week. Stare at the lights. Thirty seconds to yep. the new girl. Right. Yeah. That. All right. I gotcha. So I mean, hopefully it's good. Uh, these girls are small, so watching like five foot Alexa Bliss dive off the top of one of those pods would be pretty cool. So hopefully yeah. we get something like somebody's going off the top. Someone's got to step up. Yeah. Because it, uh, just like the Royal Rumble was, this is the first ever. Someone's doing something. They, I think they something know dope. that the Royal Rumble wasn't as cool as that everybody thought it was going to be because literally after the next night, we heard nothing about that, about it being the first ever Royal Rumble and then yeah, yeah. – you know they don't want anything to do with it. They're not bringing it up. I'm telling you, like they're like, we don't want to show footage from that. We don't want to talk about it. Like it's that's we, a good point, man. It, they dropped it. Like it they're didn't just even like, happen. yep, Oscar gets to fight the champion. That's yep. your picks. That's it. They but lit- then if you see on SmackDown, there's a whole like ten minute segment of clips of a flashback of how. Shinsuke won the Rumble, so that is an excellent point. I didn't even think. Oh about. yeah, they want nothing to do with it because there's nothing to show. Then uh, what are they going to show you? <laughs> you know, there, there, there was, you know. So in my opinion, th- I'll let you know what they can show me. They got to, they got to, they got to be big. No satisfaction action. <laughs> yeah, Oscar nip slip. Like that's what I was. Give me more of that. Um, yeah, in my opinion, they got to, they got to go big, and it's going to be. Uh, they got to do something big. They got to be brutal. They got to be stiff. And you got to practice to have a plan, a good plan. Talk to the guys and make sure they're not doing the same thing, you know. And 
they got the right people in there because they have people to take bumps and take falls. Like, mm-hmm. you know, all these new people, they should get beat around. They never been in, they haven't even been in any real matches, you know, and, they, and now they're jumping it's in the, the first Oli- gimmick match ever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not, they, they haven't even had any alone main event matches right, or real um, matches or number one contender matches. Or a pay per view match yeah, besides any, the Rumble. Yeah. Anything that means anything. So there are, there's quite a few people jumping into this match that can, you know, Mickey James, she's been around a long time. She don't need to. You know, she could lay down for anyone, and I'm sure she would. You know, she's a right, but she don't need to be falling off the top of a pod. No, right? You know what I mean? It's gonna be but one Mandy of, Rose. Hmm, yeah, Bailey. If you want to do Macho's elbow drop, like let's get it done. You want you want the fans to like you again and to pop for you like they used to. Give you a hug. Something. You know <laughs> what I mean? I think uh, I think that would be really good. But uh, let's jump into the meat and potatoes, man. Because in my opinion, this is this is the match of the night, and that's the men's elimination chamber match. And the reason being, they made this match so hard to pick who you think is going to win. Yep. It's hard to pick two guys who you could get down to at the end. Uh, Nobody in this match deserves to lose. Everybody's been built over the last three months, even if it wasn't last week. You know what I mean? Uh, They've been building Elias and John Cena for months. We talked about it last time. So Elias deserves to be in that in that situation and he's kind of the oddball which yeah. is you know what i mean elias who's been going toe-to-toe with john cena yep for three and months we've been talking about him almost every episode yeah it's, you know and he's the guy who's like ah, if anybody's gonna take a pin it could be him you know what i mean but he looks strong in the gauntlet match on raw yeah he's mean been streak. looking strong super mean streak. he looks good too his body looks good like this dude's ready to go he's, he's looking good yeah <laughs> he's got main event written all over him just like every other person in this match you know, the Miz with the Intercontinental title, he doesn't need to win this match. They, he really they, doesn't. They're certainly going to do something else with him at WrestleMania. But you know he's going to have a moment because he's the Miz and he's awesome. One thing that's scary, though, is his daughter's due date is like the day before WrestleMania. So that could that could really do something crazy. But I think first Vince, babies come early. First babies come early. Oh, there we go. It'll be like a week or two before then, and he'll be at wrestling. Well, hopefully for Maurice, because first baby did not come early for this guy, Mike Moran, <laughs> right here. We're two days late. Yep. What's up? First babies usually come early, man. So we're gonna count on that. The Miz is gonna be there. He'll the get the private title. jet treatment anyway. The Miz, uh, and he will be there. The Miz. Vince McMahon likes the Miz for you sure. Know what I mean, they, he's not gonna take care of that dude. All right, so. Braun Strowman, Elias, Finn Balor, John Cena, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and The Miz. A weird seven. So, I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. In my opinion, the reason why there's seven is because they wanted to make sure that they don't have to suspend Roman Reigns if dude from Florida comes out with evidence of him buying steroids. Totally don't care if he did. But the rules are the rules. Right. And this is a publicly traded company. And we know that if this dude comes out with a piece of paper signed by Roman Reigns, or you know what I mean? Like yeah. he has a real evidence, which he's supposed to disclose this week, that he'll get suspended for whatever it is, 90 days or a health and wellness thing. And he's right. going to... He's going to miss this match, certainly. Which he's done before. Yep. He's served his time like a man. No big deal. Admitted it. I totally whatever. don't care if wrestlers do steroids. It's not a big deal. <laughs> it's your own body. Do whatever the hell you want with it. Right, but rules are rules. I got, yeah. It's but, a crappy timing, whatever you want to call yeah. it. And WWE is going to save face. They're not going to be like, oh, we let Roman Reigns do steroids. Like, There's no way. They're going to suspend him, and that still leaves six. You can't have an empty pod 
in a match like that. Right. Because Roman Reigns got suspended the night before. Mm-hmm. So I think they were covering themselves. And uh, the two scenarios are Roman gets suspended and it's a normal Elimination Chamber match. And all we say is Roman Reigns got suspended because everybody's going to know anyway. ESPN's going to report that if it happens. Yep. And on the other scenario, you started off as a three-way. That's what I was going to say. You just yeah. start three. You think that's thing. what they're – I think yeah. if, if there's seven guys walking out to that ring, I yeah. think they start as a three-way. Yeah, they're not going to build a new pod just for that. No. It would be weird. Where would you put it, too? Like, it yeah. takes away a lot of room. Like, mm-hmm. I absolutely think they start as a three-way and um, – you just get a little more excitement right at the beginning, I think. Yeah. For I sure, like- man. And like you said, all these guys that are in this match are all the top guys that when you watch Raw, you want to see at least one of these guys. Like, these are the guys you want to watch. Besides, and I only say this because he's so new, besides Elias, any, right. any one of them could headline WrestleMania. And next year, I bet Elias could. You yeah. know what I mean? With the if he stayed in the, with the momentum that he's going and and keeps working and getting better, next year he could. But the other six guys, absolutely. If you told me they were headlining WrestleMania, I wouldn't be surprised. Right. And every scenario makes sense, yeah. especially facing Brock Lesnar. Yeah. John they Cena has a score issues. to settle. Braun Strowman isn't finished with him yet. Yeah. You know Roman, they have a history. Yeah. Seth Rollins, he has fought. Uh, Brock before and Finn Balor. That's the most intriguing one to me because legit, Finn never never got his one-on-one rematch for the Universal title. He never lost the title and at one point Vince McMahon gave the okay to give that guy the Universal title for the first you know, to be the first one. Yep. Out of all the guys who were there, you know what I mean? So, he's not just Triple H's boy. Like, Vince McMahon approved that. Not Triple H, you know what I mean? Yep. So, yeah, that's a tough pick and for me, like, that's what makes Elimination Chamber exciting is this match because wow, like anything could happen. And if it's anything like the Gauntlet match, they showed that they can all work together. Mm -hmm. Like, holy crap. For long periods of time. Yeah, if this is an hour, an hour and a half, I'll be super That would be awesome. And now The Miz enters at number one, and Elias enters at number six or seven. Yeah, beneficiary of uh, a match that they had, you know, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, against Cena, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something weird, yeah. It was the Miz. It was Miz. a four-way. It was the Miz. I think they did separate things. But anyway, like, they had a, bu- a couple matches back and forth of them talking. You're right. Cena and the Miz fought for whoever lost was number one. But, yeah. But then there was a four-way or a three-way with Braun. Yeah, it was two separate You're incidents. Right. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't even matter because I think that that sets up, you know, that little bit of, oh, my God, the Dark Horse Elias if he comes in at the end, now it's not weird if he wins anymore because he's the freshest guy. Yep. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's and the most approved to everyone. It puts and... him up into that upper echelon of guys just because of yep. that. You know, it's like coming in at number thirty at the Rumble. You don't have to be the best guy in the ring because you're number thirty. You're yep. the freshest guy. Like you're the one who should win. And yep. in my opinion, that's uh, the right way to do business. And and they did it. <laughs> great job with this match man i'm blown yeah. away and in my opinion the no Miz scrubs. is going the distance in this one where he's coming in at number one he's going to be not in the final decision but in in the last the, the last like three decision he's going to be the guy who's going in the match because if you, i'm this is where i'm coming from yeah finn balor did it in the rumble yeah he was you know the guy who went the distance the and, and then seth rollins was just on raw 
And I would like to touch base a little bit on that from that gauntlet match. Sure, man. Seth Rollins made history being in the match an hour and five minutes. Now, the former person to have that record was Triple H, who was in a one-hour Iron Man match. Is this on Raw? On Raw. Okay. Yes. And that Raw was on July 26, 2004, versus Chris Benoit. So Triple H had it, uh, the longest in-ring match on Raw, which was an hour, but now it goes to Seth Rollins. Ooh. He can go the distance. Yeah. And the stuff he was pulling out in and that match was sick. I bet you Triple H knew that. He's the type of yep. guy who knows that stuff. I'm sure he knew what was happening. It was and he easy, approved of it. Yep. It was an easy way for them because you know they're secretly like erasing the Benoit from from the history. Yeah. And they were like, here's an easy way to do it. Because they didn't say that match on Raw. They said Triple H has the record, but yeah. you have to go to the Google machine to see like, oh, yeah, who did he fight in that match? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So a lot of things that I really liked about that match, real quick, how Seth Rollins did Cena's gimmick with the fallaway slam into the AA. Yeah. I, I was, like, amped for that. And then when he pulled out the Falcon Arrow, how the, the suplex into the Falcon Arrow after being in the match with Roman, and he was just selling real good. It was just awesome. Like, my mind's blown. I want to watch it again. Yeah, Seth Rollins and Roman was a good match all on its own, and that was just the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The buckle bomb into the Superman punch, I was yeah. amped for that. Like I thought the bu- buckle bomb looked really good. Roman's good too, man. He's a good mm-hmm. wrestler. He looked good, and he always does. You know when he's having his matches. I think he needs to ditch the vest, and like. Well, that's what saves his back from the buckle bomb. Yeah, put his chest out there or something <laughs> because it looks like you're wearing pads. And if I was yeah. the Miz or whoever's wrestling him at WrestleMania, that's all I would talk about. Rip it off and just. I don't even know. I just make fun of him. I'd be like, "Why do you have a chest protector on? Like, we're all real men out here." What are you, I'm, not, I'm not wearing a chest protector. Why, you know what I mean? Why do you have an inch of pad on you? <laughs> you know, like really make a thing about it. But um, skipping chest day, bro. It's a good match, man. Yeah. Do you see anything outside you want to? No, man. Just that it? match. Definitely. Besides just being, in my opinion, a historical match for Monday Night Raw, sure, which was awesome. It did its job and amped me up for this Sunday's Elimination Chamber. Yep. Absolutely, and I agree because it made me. It showed me like each one of these guys are main eventers, yep. you know, because they all handled themselves like main eventers in those matches. Absolutely, and the only other thing that they got going on at the Elimination Chamber pay per view, we'll say it real quick. Ronda Rousey is going to officially sign her Monday Night Raw contract, and I'm sure you know they're banking on that. Ah, oh, it's going to be stupid long and right. wicked boring, and hopefully she shows a little more of that personality that we all know, like heel Ronda Rousey, but we'll see where they're going to go with that. Um, straight up, Elimination Chamber match before we totally come off of it. Who yep. do you think is going to win? Who's fi- I mean, I know who last week you thought was going to win it, but it's a change. If Roman's in it, Roman's winning. Yeah. All right, um, I got. I, I'm sticking with my guns. I got Braun Strowman facing Brock at WrestleMania, so that's where I'm going to stay. Right. And I would like to see that match too. Yeah, it was a good one, man. And you know, kudos to whoever helped. Uh, they, not that I wanted to say right, Rob, but nobody writ, wrote that. Thanks for letting the guys wrestle and, yeah. and, and anyone else to get to watch it for an hour and a half straight, like 
just wrestling, no BS, nobody standing in the ring with a microphone. It shows like, they could do it. Holy crap. They I mean, all can do it. I wish that you had advertised that you, we were going to get like an hour and a half gauntlet match because more people would have watched it and you would know how cool it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But for the people who watch every week, we got a treat. And, and I'm super excited for Elimination Chamber, like you said. Uh, even though there's not a lot of matches, I'm sure they'll throw a couple stuff, you know, things on there. Maybe a cruiserweight title match. You right, know, they right. got that tournament going on yep. for the cruiserweights in 205 Live right now. So maybe they'll do one of those matches. This is the third round, you know, or whatever. You know, I right. think they're actually still doing qualifying matches because they're really taking their yep. time with it because they know what they're doing in NXT. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, Elimination Chamber, a few days away. We're going to check it out. We'll give you guys, you know, a a sweet review of what we thought about it. And I'm sure that at some point uh, we're going to be pretty spot on with some of our guesses. We'll find out. And now it's time, ladies and gentlemen, to smash this podcast with some pop culture. We got music, we got movies, we got comics, video games, collectibles, and more. Smash! All right, dude, we had the Toy Fair, and I want to jump in to some pop culture. And I know Thank that you. you got a big old list. Of- I do action figures and pops and stuff that you wanted to talk about i'll I'll let you talk about all that stuff and i'll lay out quickly what i saw i saw a lot of cool things a lot of new jurassic park toys um and a lot of variant type toys uh stranger stranger things characters wearing their ghostbusters halloween outfits so i thought that was cool i know we already talked about it but i you know for everybody out there in podcast universe uh, we saw tons of statues Statues are super cool. They're looking better and better every year. They're super expensive and not really my thing. So I was really looking for more like this. This is going to be the basic line of Ninja Turtles action figures next year, or this is going to be the new line of X Men that everybody knows we're getting a new cartoon of fairly, right. you know, in the future. Like, let's get that stuff out there. I probably have. I don't know, seventy five, a hundred <laughs> X Men figures right here, and like. I want new ones. Like, show me that stuff, you know, and not like the $30 Marvel Legends because I, you know what I mean? Like, that's... I get a few of those. Yeah, everybody, everybody's got some. <laughs> right, right. I don't got... Not 75. Whole, yeah, right, right. Yeah, the whole you. set. Like, let's make things a little realistic. You know, uh, WWE basic action figures. I saw a really jacked up Charlotte figure where she really? looked like a dude. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, hopefully that's not the one they're putting out. But um, things like that, basic figures, stuff I'm going to buy my son, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. I wanted to see a little bit more of that. So hopefully, you know, so I'm I'm sure that stuff's out there and it maybe it just wasn't popping up on the Twitter feed because everybody's putting the expensive, super cool, like super rare stuff. Right, um, right. But I was looking for that. I saw some cool... Um, they were like uh, Universal Monster figures, but in the He-Man style, like okay. the old school He-Man action figure styles. I thought those were really cool. That's different, you know. Yeah. What I mean, if they're yeah. like, you know, eight, ten dollars a piece, that's a cool thing to grab a set of stuff like that. But um, everybody seems super, super focused on statues and stuff like that. And I was just a little bummed. Those are like out of price range for a lot of people, you know, and stuff like that. Right. So. In my, Myself included. Yeah, me too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was a little bummed about that. I just wanted to see, like, the stuff I can go to Walmart and get. You know, that's going to be cool, you know. But there was tons and tons of stuff going on. Everybody's jacked up always. 
and uh, we got a couple, you know, secret reveals. You know, you're looking at Jurassic Park figures. You're going to see the new dinosaur that, you know, is going to come out in the next movie and stuff like that. So Yeah, that happens a lot, too. Like, a lot of people look for things like that. Like, yep. Star Wars, they're going to, you know, they're always looking ahead at the toys to get a sneak peek at the movie. They know to sure. bring out them toys right when the movie comes because you got to hit it while the iron's hot. So yep. if you get your hands on the toys first, you're going to see what's popular, you know, before it even happens. And uh, so I thought that was really cool, man. And uh, those were the main things that I saw. But tell the people all the cool shit that you saw. <laughs> Alrighty. So first off, a little bit of news. It's right. time. Hasbro has been named the toy licensee for Power Rangers. That's a huge deal. Yeah, it's been like 25 years. They've always been with Bandai. And they're taking over. Spring 2019, we're going to be seeing some Power Ranger toys made by Hasbro. Now, Japan will stay with Bandai. But the rest of the world... Where it's gonna be exciting just to see him, but like, who else does Bandai have? Do they have like Mario figures or something weird like that? They might. I honestly, but it's off no, top it's, my head, it's nothing else big. It's not a you huge. Are, when, line. when I think Bandai, boom! I just think Power Rangers. That's I it. That's, that's it. So I'm thinking, right. like, when you told me that, that blew me away. I'm like, you gave away your only, mm-hmm. your only breadwinner. Like, just gave away the. Yeah. The horse for a bunch of ponies. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so that's pretty exciting. Spring 2019. That is. That's a huge deal, man. It said Bandai on Power Rangers everything for yep. ever. You know what I mean? So that's that's a big deal. Tell me, what are we going to do? But this could be the end of the Power Rangers. Let's get into it. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of Funko reveals. Now, I got a list. I'm going to go through what I know. I'm sure I'm missing some, but hey, what are you going to do? So we got Deadpool, a new Deadpool line coming out where we have a Bob Ross Deadpool. Deadpool in his robe. Deadpool kind of dressed like the It Clown. Deadpool laying down on his side, just looking cute. We got the Jetsons line coming out. Smallville, and Ian, you'll think this is interesting. The Smallville also includes a Green Arrow. That's cool. Green Arrow never gets no love except for up in here. There you <laughs> go. That's for sure. So we got Colossus. We got Cable. We got Domino and Teenage Warhead from the Deadpool movie. Nice. We got a Grease line coming out. We got Saturday Night Live line coming out with more Cowbell, you know, Gene Frinkle. You yeah. need more Cowbell, baby. Yeah. And the Dick in the Box guys. <laughs> we got Gossip Girl. We got more Game of Thrones. We got Ready Player One, which I'm actually really excited about. People are making a big deal about that shit. Yeah. The book was a 2011 novel that came out. Yeah. And pretty much I'm going to talk about this real quick. So there's a guy who made this area, this game called the oasis and he found out he was dying so like he hid an easter egg which was supposed to be money within the oasis the oasis was like a virtual reality mmo game so characters were jumping into the game to try to find the money and this virtual reality world is just pop culture and gaming throughout the decades so like if you see the trailer for the movie Oh my god, it's crazy. Like there's a DeLorean, there's Ryu, there's Chun-Li, there's 
G.I. Joe's, like, it's just bam, yeah. bam, bam, so, so many cool references. And yeah. just to see the pops, that's pretty sweet. I'm nice. actually going to, myself, look for the book. Um, we have an MLB line. Ian, for you, we got Aaron Judge and Stanton from the Yankees. Oh, that's that's number three and number five this year for the Yankees, baby. They're going to be looking good. There you go. And for the locals, nice um, lineup in baseball. We, we got a Mookie Betts and a Sale. From the Red Sox. Yeah. Now, the Tigers don't even have a player good enough to have a Funko Pop for, but <laughs> so I'm out of luck. No more Verlander over there? Nope. And for the, the wrestling fans, we got a HBK in his WrestleMania 12 attire. We oh. have Jake the Snake with Damien and a Chase Jake the Snake with the Albino Snake Revelations from his 97 run. Yeah. Different we, trunks too, right? Yep. Blue trunks yeah. on the Chase. Yep. Yeah. We have Sting and Lex Luger when they were tag teaming when he was still Surfer Sting. That's going to be an FYE exclusive. We got more Stranger Things. We got Princess Bride. We got Motley Crue, Alice Cooper, Weird Al Yankovic with a fat Weird Al chase. (laughs) I shook Alice Cooper's hand before. Nice. Yeah, he's a cool dude. He signed a bunch of stuff, too. It's probably around somewhere in a box. Man, that's cool. Did you meet him at Spooky World? I did. Uh Aha. Nice. We got Ed Sheeran. We got more... It movie. We got Atomic Blonde. We got Super Trooper Pops coming out. Nice. We have Doug, Patty Mayonnaise, Pork Chop, Hercules. And Patty Mayonnaise. Patty Mayonnaise. And there's going to be Quail Dog and Quail Man. Yeah. So Nickelodeon is just banking in on those as well. Um, from Disney, we got Lock, Shock, and Barrel from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, those are the kids who are trick-or-treating in the beginning. Yep. Got more Moana, more Monsters, Inc. We got Pee-wee's Playhouse. A new run of Destiny, a new run of Halo, and Garbage Pail Kids. So there are a ton of pops coming out. And I have eight pre-ordered already myself. Jesus. I saw, um, speaking of Halo, I watched a quick video the other day. It was like the 2018 World Championships of Halo. Yeah. You know they only use pistols in that game now? Really? It's super weird and lame. I'm like, dude, this sucks. Is it like SWAT pistols where headshots dude, only? No, they're just all using Desert Eagles. Because you know how everybody uses the best gun? Yeah. They're just using Desert Eagles. Like, they're wow. using pistols the whole game. Like, literally the whole game, every game. Like, somebody might pick up a sniper rifle here or there because mm-hmm. it's like one of those search weapons. You know what I mean? But um, everybody just uh, runs around with a, with a deagle. And I was like... Dude, this is super weird and not what I remembered Halo being like at all. It's already like totally no, throw cool, it off man. right there, but that stuck out to me. And I remember thinking that. I'm like, man, we used to play a shit ton of Halo. And nobody walked around with a goddamn pistol. I'm like, Yeah, the pistol in Halo was only good in the first Halo. That was like I remember in Halo 3 it was decent because it got like a good shot, but it was no fun because the maps were super huge. Like the damage right. fall off was like so significant. And I guess in the tournaments, they're only playing the really tight maps and stuff like that. But literally, I didn't see any other gun besides somebody picking up a sniper rifle, and that's it. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Weird. But yeah, dude, pops. Pops. Tons of them. Once you pop, you can't stop. I guess. (laughs) Dude, there's so many of them. Like, I can't even imagine um, trying to keep track of them like you did. Like, good for you, man. You got an app for that, right? Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm convinced that there is an app for that. (laughs) I I actually use trending value. (laughs) But where I'm at right now is I just get the ones that I personally like. Yeah. The ones that... There's so many. You could get them all. The stuff that I got here where I have them all, they came out 40 years ago. So it's like... 
and they didn't make this was the biggest line ever it was like such a huge deal to like have so many different figures in a, in a line and it just happened to be x-men but now it's common to have tons and tons of figures in a line right but it's like holy cow like i bless you son for picking up all those figures because like i couldn't even keep track and like i can totally see why you needed several apps to take care yeah, of that you can just you. scan the barcode with your phone now <laughs> and it will tell you how much it's worth That's and like funny. there's been multiple times i've been in a store and i just put it right back on the shelf i'm like it's worth 11 dollars, and they're charging me 15 no thanks yeah you know it doesn't make sense yeah i mean the there's got to be a point where you just get what you want. I always right. thought that were That's really cool. I never got into them, but, but they were super cool. And they're going to be rarer some days because they're going to – like the reaction figures. You ever see those? They're basically like yeah. uh, two and three-quarters inch figures, plastic. Only the legs and arms move like up and down like mm-hmm. a like a big blocks guy that you would give to your kids where yeah. the, the arm moves up and down and the legs move back and forth. And that's literally it. But they had really, really obscure shit. Where you could like, you know, you could get figures of things that you would never see in an action figure before. Big Trouble in Little China was one of the first ones yeah. that stuck out to me. Like, that's a movie that most people never even seen. Mm-hmm. And I loved that movie growing up. And I've seen it a million times. I got two of them on DVD just in case one breaks. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like when you see the, the action figures for that movie... You're never going to see them in another line ever. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, to me, I always thought those were really cool. Um, and Pops came out basically about the same time. They, they were kind of competition for each other. But they say, stayed super obscure. And uh, Pops went and like made deals with Disney and Marvel and shit oh, like yeah. that and blew up, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. And honestly, man, shout out to listener Eric Joseph because he actually got me into Pops. But he's also into these... Whatever you the call reaction them, the figures. reaction figures. Yeah, that's the name of the he's, brand. He's on top of it, man. Yeah, reaction figures are super cool. There's, a, but again, there's so many like Gremlins action figures yeah. and stuff like that. I know there's Terminator now. Two ones. Yeah, there's, and they, yeah, there's right, and a lot of those you're gonna get in pops now because there's so many pops that they even have the obscure stuff now. But right. back then, like you weren't gonna touch any of that stuff unless it was in a a reaction figure. Right. And um, I always thought that those were super cool. But Pops blew them out of the water. They had the better better business model at the time. You know, make a deal with Disney, make a deal with Marvel, make money. Full show. Because that's what everybody wants to see. And then they got Nickelodeon. Like, pfft, what are you going to do? You know, after that, like, there's nothing but uh, blowing up for, for them after that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, obviously, people are still buying all their shit. Yep, Pops, Lots of their shit. Pops it was is the big, obviously. It was probably the biggest thing in the toy fair as far as people retweeting and stuff like for that. For sure. Um, they're the most, I complained about things not being affordable. There was tons of pop stuff and that stuff's affordable. You yep. know what I mean? So that's probably not a hundred percent accurate on my part. It just didn't stick out to me because I don't buy them. You know right. what I mean? But, uh, um, that's all I was looking for. But there for, was tons right. of them, tons of them. They were everywhere. Every yep. time I typed in pound toy fair on Twitter, <laughs> yep. most of the stuff you got was, you know, pops or statues. And, um, it was cool. It was different. Totally different. Um, just to really see, like, you know, how much, how many different things that they're going to do and all the different figures. And we know we got so many different shows coming out and superhero movies. Black Panther blew up, you know, last yeah. week when it came out. Killing it in the box office for oh sure. Oh my God. It's going to be one of the highest gra- grossing movies of all time. Yep. Um, I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but I know you said it blew away uh, Return of the Jedi already. 
made more uh, as far as opening weekends go, and it made more right. than uh, Justice League altogether already. Yeah, period. Yeah, like in the first weekend, crazy. Like and maybe not Return of the Jedi, but the Last Jedi. It definitely. Yep. Beat the four day, whatever four day weekend cool. because it was a holiday weekend too, President's Day. So. I'm happy to see a superhero movie do well and make some money. Um, I want to see some superhero movies that are a little different. We talked about Blade, the original, like, yeah, movie, you yeah. know. And uh, Blade was uh, the original superhero movie, it didn't get the respect it deserved because it was way ahead of its time. Even if they just remastered Blade and put it out right now. And, and pretended it was a new movie, like it never came out before. Damn. It would get, it would blow up. It would up. get recognition oh, for the sure. the blood orgy at the beginning. <laughs> There's no way people wouldn't be talking about that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was just way ahead of With its time. With the guy from Grounded for Life? Yeah, it was way <laughs> ahead of its time, man. It just couldn't, you, can, you couldn't do that stuff these days and yeah. market it as a superhero movie. But, um, you know, like the Spawn-type character, yep. Blade, those guys are... You know, they're big-time characters way ahead of their time. And we're going to see those We've got to get rid of all these familiars. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, I mean, we've seen a lot of of good movies in the day. And and so it doesn't surprise me that a a movie like Black Panther would blow up the way it did. Just because we've seen movies on the cusp before, you know, uh, that we really wanted to... You know, that were really good and just people didn't respect them. But now superhero movies are so big. Mm-hmm. Black Panther comes out and boom, people respect it because yep. everybody loves superhero movies, you know. So, you know, congratulations to all the guys who helped with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because uh, you guys are doing well. You're making good a lot stuff. of money. People are talking good about the movie. Uh, and, you know, I'm super excited to see it. I know you did already. No spoilers yes. here. What time is it? Tell me what time it is. It's that time. Let's get into the Spotlight Match of the Week. All right, everyone. I know we've been promising you guys a Spotlight Match of the Week for a few episodes now. We've been slack-a-lacking with that. And to be honest, it's totally been bumming me out because this is my favorite part of the podcast. There's so many review episodes, um, episodes, podcasts out there where you can listen to people's opinions um people who are in the business or were in the business or spent their lives in the business um people who are fans like you know sam roberts who a lot of people listen to their opinions but this is totally different than what everybody else is doing in my opinion and it's the you know spotlight match of the week it's my favorite thing to do and i'm excited to do it one thing I am not excited about is that the match I picked was not all that great. And I don't, I did not remember that. So that's kind of like... That's know, what we do it for, man. Totally. You know, it was a spotlight match, even though the, the product, the match wasn't that great. Everything that happened, what it was, you know, that was great. So, um, I mean, I picked Sting versus Ric Flair, WCW Monday Nitro on March 26, 2001. And for those of you guys who are hardcore nerd fans out there, you know that that was the last, you know, Monday Night Raw, uh, Nitro, Monday Night Nitro that was ever produced. This is the one where we're getting the back and forth on Raw with Shane and Vince and Shane telling his dad that he had just bought Nitro and stuff like that. Um, and that he was going to 
be the main shareholder and he was going to run Nitro at that point and stuff like that. So it's, I mean, this is the last main event of the last match of the last show for WCW. There was never another branded WCW Monday Nitro. So this is it. Yep. And Never another WCW branded anything. So in my opinion, it made it a spotlight match just because it, it finalized an error. It finalized the Attitude Error. It finalized an era of... Monday Night War. Big, real competition. Yeah, Monday yep. Night Wars. That's a great term for it. Um, we haven't seen anything like that in a long time. TNA tried. There's other companies out there that are putting out great product. But the reason why we like it is because it's different. It's not because yep. they're competing with WWE. It's just different. New Japan's so great because the wrestling's so good and there's no BS on the mic. That's why we love to watch New Japan. But I love to watch WWE to see some of that mic work too. You know what I mean? Like I want to. It's, it's different. It's, it's totally. It's different. In um, in my opinion, this is the last time that there was any real competition. You know, for yeah WWE, and they'll probably never have that kind of competition again. But it's a fun fact to know too that you know Nitro only lasted the better part of six years, and kudos to Impact for being on for about fourteen. You know they've. They're trying. They're Impact jumping. stuck along, and uh, they've they've always made changes. And I think the changes they've made right now are the right changes. They got the title in the hands of Austin Aries, and yeah. and he's the, he's a man to put your company behind for a while until he can put over a young guy. Like who are they going to go get to be that next guy? They let EC three go, and they let all their originals go. Mm-hmm. James Storm, uh, Abyss is probably the last guy on the roster, and yeah. he's probably barely on the roster. He's probably working as a pay-by-appearance type guy. Right. There's someone out there we don't know yet. It's going to be a young kid. Um, we talked about PWG and Chucky e. T. You know, Maybe they go grab him yeah. and make him the guy. But I was thinking, honestly, Dalton Castle. All right. A character like that I don't think gets over in WWE because they have to tone him down so much. Mm-hmm. But a character like that in TNA, I think Dalton Castle's the man. But, dude, we're getting way off track. So, um, I mean, WCW, last show, last match, last everything, dude. This is it. For So that's why, in my opinion, Sting versus Ric Flair on uh, March 26 in 2001 was the spotlight match of the week. That's why I picked it. I didn't pick it because I remembered the match being really good or anything like that. And I can see why I did it. But, um, you know, that's what I got to set it up. Yeah, but when you think WCW, period, you think, for the most part, you either think about the NWO and you think about Crow Sting or you straight up think about Sting versus Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. And Ric Flair made, in my opinion, made WCW. He took it from NWA and they changed the title into the big gold and rebranded it as WCW. So I see where you're coming from. When you pick this, and it is a spotlight, and it is a moment in wrestling history yeah. that a true wrestling fan of the era will never forget. Yeah, I mean, we were old enough to understand that it was over at this point, and uh, yeah. and to to watch this, you know, it really changed it changed everything in wrestling, and it changed it for me, and it changed it for you, and um, you know, so I was happy to watch it again. Um, main things I noticed right off the bat. Ric Flair comes out first. Totally mm-hmm. happy with that. He's wearing a shirt. All right, I'm, I'm watching this 17 years later now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy crap, Ric Flair 
was so out of shape and concerned about how he looked that he wore a shirt out to the ring under his robe and didn't take it off. I watched for it. I'm watching. I'm like, when's he going to take that shirt off? Well, funny that you say that because in 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 my research for, for this spotlight match, I found out that the original plans for Nitro, for this final Nitro, in, in the booking, if you will, in Nitro in general for this date in Panama Beach had nothing to do with Sting or Ric Flair. Yeah, that was a, this is going to be the final match. And Vince decision. McMahon told Shane to tell them when he showed up, hey, the main event is no longer going to be Booker T versus Scott Steiner. We want, Vince more specifically wants Flair and Sting. And that's why Flair kept his shirt on because he just got out of surgery like not too long ago. He really wasn't ready to wrestle, but he was like, I get where you're coming from, so this is what we're going to do. And that's why he kept his shirt on. It makes sense. Thanks for clearing that up. I knew knew that it was something, him being out of shape, I assumed, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe... He's drinking a little hard. Everybody was doing what they wanted to do over in WCW. Yeah. But anyway, whatever Same it was. Same with Sting, too. I mean, he wasn't in the greatest shape. No, Sting came out second. He's, you know, wearing the crow gear. He's definitely the baby face, but I don't think the crowd is super amped up for either one of the guys. I didn't feel like Sting was the baby face, but I didn't feel like his reaction was any better than Ric Flair's. I don't understand why the crowd wasn't so into it. Except if they didn't know that this was literally the last time they were going to wrestle. And I know that they switched venues last minute. They changed main events last minute, like you just Mm -hmm. said. And there was a lot of weird stuff going on. But I really don't feel like the people in the crowd were either A, wrestling fans at all. Because this was just at a bar, basically. It was at a hotel. Yeah. So um, It was during spring break. It was their annual, like, spring break spring break gig that they maybe did. they don't maybe they weren't real wrestling fans or they just didn't understand the importance of it either way it's not a huge deal but for me like a spotlight match of the week like crowd input and how they react to the match it's super important so i was surprised when i was watching this and people weren't going nuts like treating this like it was the last match on nitro ever i don't know if people really believed that this was the last match on nitro ever Right. And I mean, I even have that down too. Like the crowd was pretty poor and it's really a shame that, you know, WCW didn't get like a packed arena farewell show. In Atlanta. Right. You know what I mean? And and the performers knew. So they went out there and busted their butts. They really did. Yeah. The show from top to finish. Uh, but, But this match in particular, you know. From what I saw, you know, you get a lot of classic moves. I, I did like the fact that uh, Charles Robinson was the ref, Lil Nate, because, you know, yeah, they got some history there. But when I say classic moves, I'm talking about the gorilla press and then the, the old 10 punch in the corner and Ric Flair did his little flare flop, as I like to call sure. it. Sure. My exact note was Flair looks like a shell of himself ring work wise, but he gets in all his classic spots. did you also notice there was a blatant (laughs) low blow and how did the ref not see the low blow right in front of him i think that was a little nature gear right there (laughs) like i don't even know he just like for whatever reason um i felt like the crowd was super into sting and he looked strong he looked like a real wrestler they were moving at a quick pace too Rick Flair, who they were. he just didn't look good to me. He looked like he was ready to retire. Like, oh, Lord. <laughs> um, 
And it, yeah, exactly. I had those exact notes like you just said. Like, and then we talked about that. The ring work was all there, and we got all the classic spots and everything that you expected to see. But none of it was put together really well, in my opinion. Um, it seemed I mean, rushed. Right after that, they first off, they didn't get any time. How long was this match? Seven minutes, maybe. Right. Um, I didn't time it out or anything, but I'm guessing it wasn't. It wasn't any longer than ten minutes with entrances. You yeah. know, it was very poor for the last match, in my opinion. Um, the note I had after you know classic spots and ring work was uh, Flair got Sting in the figure four out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Sting had been looking strong the whole match. He's the fire. He's the baby face. He's he's knocking Flair down with every hit. You know, one punch and Flair's flat back in. Mm-hmm. So it was really weird to me that out of nowhere, Flair would just put Sting in it, and it was really sloppily done. Like, eh, if I tried to do that to my three-year-old, <laughs> he, he would have booted me like 14 times by the time I spun around and got him in that figure four. Like, it just didn't make sense to me that it would take so long to do that. Um. So and then he sat in that spot for a long time. He's for the a, master, of a that. long time. So it's so good. But he he just got a minute out of nowhere after getting beat up the whole time. That's fine. And then they sit in it for what feels like minutes. And I'm sure it was probably only thirty seconds or a minute. Tops, but it felt like a tops, long time. Right. Normally on a finisher, somebody's tapping out way before then. Um. It, I don't know. It didn't look. It wasn't a flare figure four that I'm like thinking that that guy's leg's going to break. Yeah. Um, it just didn't look great to me. And I hate to be that guy, but Sting turned it over in the end and they flare, you know, quickly let it go. And basically, we jump right into the finish from there. There's yep. not too much after that. I mean, Sting put flare in the Scorpion Deathlock to kind of, hey, I got a submission move too. It's pretty big. I think you might have heard of it. It's called the Scorpion Deathlock. Yeah. And it's very resembling of a sharpshooter. And, um, you know, he puts it on and Flair tapped out in like two seconds. I don't even know, like, that he was sitting all the way back into the Deathlock before Flair tapped out. He's that good at it, you know? It's that simple. It was fantastic, the leverage that he was getting on that knee, because Flair could not wait to tap out. Maybe that's more how I should say it. So it sounds better for Sting. You know what I mean? Um, And that was it, dude. That was the end of the match. They hugged it out a bunch. I have that down, too. Overall, it was just a great show of sportsmanship. It was the nostalgia thing. Um, I felt like, you know, Flair was giving Sting the okay, which he had done... Oh, my God, like 14 years earlier at Bash at the Beach when he let Sting win him, beat him for the first title. Um, no, that not 14 years ago then. But, yeah, the where was that, 87 when Sting first beat Flair? It was so long ago. Yeah, and they did it for free on TBS, and it was to combat uh, right against an, uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, it, then it wasn't eighty seven. It might have been. It was a. It was a long. I don't think it was eighty seven. No, it's got, I think it, it was to, ninety. It had to be early nineties if that yeah. was the case. But still, they. You but know, that that exactly what it was though. It combated right against. It went up right against. Mm-hmm. It might have. I don't even know what pay per view it is. If you know, 
Tweet us at WPC Smash. You you could be a Starcade, could be a Bash at the Beach. It was but, a Bash at the Beach, I know that for sure. Um, but the year I don't remember. It could even be like some dumb like '97, and it was like not even that far ahead. But anyway, in my opinion, it kind of bookmarked WCW. That was kind of Ric Flair giving old man's WCW to young man's thing. And this was the bookmark at the end to kind of say like these are the guys who are still here. And they've done so much for the company, and they did, and they deserve. They both deserve to be in the last match. Yep. I have a feeling, you know, Sting was not happy about the amount of time that they got and the match that he got out of Flair, and because he's a a company man, and from what mm-hmm. I understand, you know, Sting's not into the party, and he's one hundred percent wrestling. And that's, um, in my opinion, if I was a one hundred percent wrestling guy, I wouldn't have been happy with that match on that night in that moment. Right. You know what I mean? And, so, And it stinks, too, that the time was cut short so they could do the McMahon-McMahoning. Sure, and that was fine. You know, you And that was really cool at the time, I guess. Um, I didn't think too, too much into it at that point. but Because um, I kind of thought, you know, hey, maybe this is a work, you know. I don't know. It was weird. And I don't remember exactly what I was thinking. But I do remember this match, and I did enjoy watching it again. It was a little bit of a disappointment, the work that we got out of the match. And the crowd and and the build up and everything. It was a little right. bit of a disappointment, but it was a spotlight match of the week because it was significant in wrestling history. It had true meaning. It was the last match on Nitro ever. Yep. And that that match will never die. Legends never die. <laughs> you know? Um so I, I'm glad I picked it. I'm a little bummed that it didn't really blow me away like a lot of the other matches do when we watch them. But I hope that it stuck out to everyone else and you for a different reason you know that it was history and that we got a chance to talk to talk about it in a little more detail than you would normally hear yep i'm sure you don't see much of this match anywhere unless you watch that episode of nitro yep because there's not too too much stuff to highlight you know what i mean which is sure a shame because for the last match of nitro ever it could have been a barn burner you know what i mean absolutely um, but I enjoyed it, and uh, and I, I did not mind taking a trip down memory lane, and I actually watched that whole Nitro. So nice. If you didn't pick that match, I wouldn't have done that, and and I'm glad I did. It was cool, you know. Like I said, nostalgia. Mm-hmm. It was good, and uh, man, I hope boy, whatever you pick for next time blows this one out the water. Oh, it's gonna. <laughs> All right, man. It's gonna tell I, the tell the people at WPC Smash yeah. fans what we're gonna. I cannot wait. I. I have a mini list of episodes I want to do. In this episode, I've been waiting since day one, since we decided what the spotlight match of the week is going to be. Yep. And it's going to be my favorite wrestling match, which happened to fall on my birthday, oh. which is March 23rd, which would be WrestleMania 13, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret the Hitman Hart in a no-holds-barred submission match with Ken Shamrock as a special guest referee classic i mean i can see the 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 video packages in my head running right now just of that match and uh the blood from a stone absolutely man dude great choice um i'm super stoked i'm gonna listen to that we're gonna watch elimination chamber we're gonna mash all that up we're gonna give you guys whatever new news came out of toy fair finished up this weekend all that kind of stuff on the next episode and I'm super, super excited for it. Tell them one more time what's the match going to be for Spotlight next time. 
WrestleMania 13, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret the Hitman Hart submission match. You guys can find that on the WWE Network for $9.99. Is the WPC Brain Buster? Let's meet today's contestants. An X-Men collecting father of two, whose wrestling knowledge is so great. May the force be with you. The Commissioner Ian. From the age of six, he's been saving princesses from castles. His heroes are grown men in spandex. This is Mike. All right, Mike Moran. I know you did a little research for this, and I know why you did it because you're nervous about my brain buster. <laughs> That's for right. The week. Brain busters. I try to make them tough, but not too tough. So I hope this is something in the ballpark. I got a feeling that a lot of people know the answer to this, but it's a little bit of a you'll question it for a few minutes. You know what I mean? So I'm stoked, and I hope you can get it, man. Here we go. Here we go. So, in this uh, episode, we made a big deal about Sting and Ric Flair. We talked about their first match where, you know, Ric Flair passed the torch to Sting and the end of an era later on at the end of uh, Monday Night Nitro. So, Ric Flair passed the torch to Sting. I want to know if you know, Mike Morand, who passed the torch to Ric Flair and uh, when he won his first NWA World Heavyweight Championship. You don't really necessarily have to know the date. I'm really looking for the man that passed that title to Ric Flair. Who did he win his first title off of? Harley Race. No. Damn. <laughs> it was the man, Dusty Rhodes. That was my next guess. In I had two picks in my head. Two picks. Yeah. It was those two. I was like personifying NWA right here. These were the two ones I had, Luthes, and I picked the rock one. Luthes sticks one. out to me a lot, too. He would have been in that talk for me. But um, it was Dusty Rhodes. It was September 17th in 1981. That's when Ric Flair won his first championship. Dusty Rhodes passed the torch, and yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he, <laughs> I passed that torch right on over to my boy Ric Flair. Yeah, that's right, man. He's styling and profiling. <laughs> yeah, so that was good. I had a bonus, but we already talked about it. I asked who is the current NWA world champion, and that is Nick Aldis. Yep. Yep, so, um, yeah, man. Maybe. Better luck next time. Yep. It, well, I, you don't think it was too tough, though, right? No, it was something that's I fair told you, to it was ask. one of the two, and that's I literally... a fair one to ask. Yeah, all right, I, cool. Uh, I just want to make sure I'm not like being like, no, no. How many seat arena in Iowa did uh, CM Punk wrestle for? <laughs> you know, when he faced Samoa Joe and AJ Styles at IWA. Like the answer is 13 people, Ian. There were 13 <laughs> people there. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I had two choices. Right when you said the question. There was two in my head. And Harley and Dusty? Yep. Yeah, it was Dusty in 1981, baby. There, another good episode. Thought everything went super smooth. I'm stoked yeah. for Spotlight next week. I'm stoked for Elimination Chamber. Anything else you want to give the people? Nah, man, just the same old. Make sure you hit us up on Twitter. Give us maybe some of your Elimination Chamber predictions. Or did you check out the Gauntlet match on Raw? Tell us what you thought. 
and tell us what you thought about the Sting and Ric Flair match. And as always, we're just going to leave you with a little too sweet. Sweet! Too sweet! You can find us on Twitter at WPC Smash. Or on our website, wpcsmash.wordpress.com where you can find current and past episodes, a donation button, and links for iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, brother.